Hello to all the rugby league diehards and welcome to another episode of Six to Go. My name is Tom Canfell and it's great to have your company. As we head into today's episode, you know how it works. We will cover six topics related to the game or even their own career. My guest this week is Jamie Simpson, former South Sydney Rabbitohs player who had a brief stint at the end of his career over in the Super League playing for Huddersfield. He has since transitioned into the radio world and is an avid worker in the community as well as being an ambassador for Lymphoma Australia. I was happy to have him on the show this week, and considering we work in the same building, this episode is probably a little overdue. <laughs> Hope you enjoy our chat. Here's Jamie Simpson. I'm joined by Jamie Simpson as the next guest of the Six Go Podcast. Hey, Simo, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Really good. Really happy to have you on, mate. And I've got six topics to cover with you today. And I'll kick things off with the year so far. I want you to complete the sentence for me. I know it's only round three, but... I'm over it already. No, I'm not. Listen, I, I, for the first time, I watch. I started to watch a whole game, the Sharks versus Dragons. Yep. And I got nearly, nearly the whole way through it. And uh, one of the players did a ball and all tackle and just clipped the chin of someone, and he got sent for ten in the bin. Yep. I just, yeah, I, I just can't enjoy the game the way that it is at the moment. It just doesn't represent what rugby league is to me. I mean, I grew up watching the Winfield Cup, you know, so when tough blokes were tough blokes and footy was footy. So there's a fair few mullets getting around. <laughs> so in that respect, it's probably the same. But, yeah, no, I just can't enjoy it as much anymore. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And the one last night with Jaden Sewer in particular, I, yeah. thought, I thought was Ridiculous. And he got Sinbin last week as well for, he, they said that he was late on Sean O'Sullivan. No. Even Sean O'Sullivan came out and said, I can't believe he got Sinbin for that. I know. It, it's the, we do it every year though. Like, oh, the referees, they got to do something, but it's just a broken record. And I, I, I can't see how it's going to be fixed because the way the game's going at the moment, you know, the way the interchange is, how players aren't your old school players, they're more athletes than anything. The game's only going to get quicker and quicker. And the way they change the rules, it's exactly how it's going. So, yeah, I can't see this changing anytime soon. They they went, uh, they've obviously brought in the rule this year that if it's a 60 go on your own 40 metre line, it'll, they'll actually blow a penalty. Yeah. And that has slowed the game down from last year. Now, it might be quicker than five years ago, but it slowed the game down from last year. Yeah. I actually thought that whilst you saw more blowouts last year, I thought when it was a close game last year, I thought that's the best football we've seen in the past 10 years. So, like it. so when you got like a, so for example, Roosters played Storm in a game, I think it might've been in 2020 yep. and during COVID times, no one around in yeah. the grandstand. But that to me was one of the best games I've ever seen. But of course you get more blowouts. And now that they've brought in this rule that they've um, slowed the game down, obviously a lot more closer games. Uh, but you're still not a fan of the pace of the game? No, I'm not. I'd like to sl- I'd like to see it slow down and bring the big boys back into it. I mean, I, I was small, so it would probably suit me down to a T. I was never that fit, though. So, yeah, maybe not. But, yeah, I just want to see the big boys come back into it and have the big boppers in the middle. And actually, like, I don't – you remember, like, Shane Webkeys of, of old Petro Seven Receivers. I think even they would struggle with the pace of the game. And yep. they were some of the best. So And, and yeah. you bring up a good point because I, uh, I had Josh Hannay on a few weeks ago and he – he said that with guys like Sam Walker coming into the game, 18 years old, yep. not, not a big bloke at all, 10 years ago there would be a large reluctance to bring him into the oh, game. Yeah. Now there's not so much. And uh, because you said the effect of the big guys is taken away. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't have those big, you know, big boys after him 24-7. I think 
even when you look at what's feeding into the NRL, your New South Wales Cup, your Queensland Cup and things like that, I, I even think there the physicality has kind of gone away as well. Whereas back in the day, that's where you would blood the younger blokes. You know, if they were good enough, they wouldn't play Colts. They would play Queensland Cup, play against grown men, get used to it and then make the step up. Because the step up between Queensland Cup and NRL back when I was around, the pace of the game was absolutely ridiculous from Queensland Cup to, to NRL. But apart from that, the physicality was right on point. So, yeah, I don't think it's there anymore either. Yeah, you make a lot of great points. And for me, I know it's only round three, but I think Nico Hines is going to win the Daly M. He's looking uh, good, isn't he? Looks great. And it's he's got a bit of a similar trait that Tom had last year. And a lot of Daly M medalists win where everything that goes right for the team goes through him. Yeah. And uh, he's really brought that to Cronulla and he's, he's, he looks fantastic. And they've won two out of their three games so far. And uh, he's had a massive role to do with that. He does. And you know what? I think you look at who's coaching in, in Craig's Fitzgibbon, one of the ultimate professionals of the game. And you can see that they're a well-coached team. And you can see that Nico, even though he's only three weeks in, he's picking up all the things that he's being taught. And each week he's getting better, which is a dangerous thing. Absolutely. I mean, let's get to the end of the season and see where he's at. But yeah. I'll tell you what, he's looking good. So I'd like to have a chat about your old club, South Sydney. I know at the time of recording this, they haven't played the Roosters this, uh, this week just yet. Uh, we're co- recording this Friday afternoon, um, but they haven't won a game yet. And as it stands now, they've lost Reynolds, Gagai, Sewer, the main B3 from last year. Mm. Do you still think that they're a uh, finals worthy team? Oh, listen, it's, it's early to say, isn't it? But I do think they've got a squad there that could go to the finals. Whether or not they get there, I don't know, is a different question. I think... There was always teething problems after Wayne Bennett leaves the club. But uh, you look at the clubs that Wayne's left in the past, he's taken a lot of the coaching staff with him. So whether it be strength and kind, assistant coaches, all that kind of stuff, they've gone with Wayne. But this time around, he was more like a mentor to Jason there. So he's kind of taught uh, Jason the ways and not taken many people with him. So I think Souths are in a good spot. They're just lacking that leadership at half. And I think given time, the boys that are there will will gain some experience and be okay. But yeah, they're not the team that they were, put it that way. But they've still got a strong squad. It's a lot of pressure to put on uh, young Lachlan Elias there at halfback. And I actually think he's done an okay job. Um, it's just the, you look at the fact as well that when Latrell plays and when they've got their three main playmakers there, Cook, um, uh, Cody, Cody and Latrell, yep. they really have to maximise when they've got all these three people in the team oh, because yeah. Origin's going to come up and they're going to miss Cook, assumably, for that yeah, time. Yeah, well, surely he'll be gone. And Latrell, love him, but he is uh, a dangerous for suspension any week he plays. <laughs> well, especially this week. Yep, and <laughs> exactly. So by, <laughs> by the time this podcast comes out, he could be done for Who knows, year. mate? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But to... to I know that they did come back against Melbourne, but for 70 minutes there, they really didn't fire a shot. Nah, they were atrocious. So, and they they play Roosters this week, and I think Penrith next week with Cleary back. Yep. So it, there is a there is a real element there that they could be 0-4. Yeah. And I, I know that by the time this comes out, they could beat the Roosters and, you know, be right back on track. They will beat the Roosters. That's <laughs> what we're trying to say. No, listen, there's one team that, that South have to beat every year. Well, two teams, and that's uh, Roosters and Dragons. So they'll, they'll lift for this game. But I really do think that they're missing Reynolds in the middle. It, it Not only does he provide stability for the whole team, but he allows Cody Walker to do what Cody Walker does. Take on the line, be that playmaker who run and go, show and goes and all that kind of stuff. So without him there, that's where I see them struggling the most. So they just need that 
old, mature head to kind of settle the whole team down and get them going. But it's going to be hard against the Roosters team who are stacked. Did you have anything to do with Adam uh, when he was coming through? So, yeah, Ads was coming through. He was being about under 20s when I was at South. So he was coming into the top grade squad when both Chris Sander and myself were, were there. So Chrissy had had a little bit more to do with Adam than, than myself. But, yeah, yeah, he was coming through. He was a great bloke. And you can see that the type of effect he has on the team so that he's in. He's a good character and he's a, a steady character as well. It's quite remarkable, isn't it? You know, if you're in Brisbane at the start of this year, you would have seen all the billboards around with Adam Reynolds face oh, at the front of it. Everywhere. And, and you know, it, it'd it be quite a foreign thing uh, 15 years ago to see a South Sydney junior who hasn't played a game mm-hmm. for the Broncos yet on the billboards, front and centre for the Broncos everywhere. Mate, it's weird. Like, I'm still, I get added to South, like, fan pages, like, every week. Like, the <laughs> borough and all that kind of stuff. And they've actually had to tell the people in those groups to stop posting about Gagai. Stop posting about Reynolds. They're not at South anymore because it is. It's so surreal to see a person like Adam Reynolds, who's who grew up around South Sydney, play for another team, albeit a Queensland team, the Brisbane Broncos. So it's unheard of. But mate, hasn't he had like the impact he's had at the club since arriving there has been amazing. And he, if he can stay fit, mate, you know Broncos. Who knows? It's remarkable. And I, I spoke to Ben Iken a couple of months ago, and he. He said he's by far the biggest recruit the Broncos have ever had. Ever? Ever. Is that what he said? And uh, so... Ike was at the Broncos, mate. He's, he's wrapped with him. <laughs> and uh, you're right. If he can stay healthy, that's the one thing. Yeah. But um, he should be a great recruit for them, no doubt. At the time recording this, Simo, like I said, South haven't played the Roosters yet. But I'd like to ask you about that rivalry and what it's become. And there's no doubt, to me, it's the number one rivalry in the game. Was there... When you were there, was there any added emphasis on that week back then? Yeah, 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 100%. Leading into it, you knew when you're coming up against the Roosters, things would always be more intense at training, and and Russell would would bring us aside and give us a little pep talk even before the game. So I think we got around two or three pep talks the whole time I was there by um, Mr. Crow, and and I think two of them before a Roosters game and one was for a St. George game. So they were very gladiator-ish. Didn't... Didn't have the desired effect that he probably wanted, but no, I don't think I don't think we lost against the Roosters. Actually, I think I scored a hat trick against them twice. So yep. yeah, I was I was happy of uh, going against them every day of the week if I could. Does he actually have a book of feuds, Russell? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's got my. <laughs> That's not for show. Everything <laughs> Russell puts out there is for real. No, um, but honestly, yeah, it, the the mood, the intensity, everything around the club kind of changed when you're playing the Roosters. It's it's uh it's a different game. It's like a grand final. Like everything. Pres- Everything is prepared differently. So I know it's probably, you can't really say it's more important than any other game, but it is. It is. Without saying so. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I I do, I do love the fact that the NRL matchmakers have done a little bit of a um, uh, a sneaky little thing here because they, they actually, this was meant to be Latrell's first game back. Uh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? But because yeah. of the All-Stars game and he got a week less, so yeah. he come back last week. So they, they actually lined it up for him his first week back oh, to be against the Roosters. What a clinky <laughs> dick that was, hey? Who did that? No, honestly. But it would have been a great game for him to come back in. But now that he's got one game under his belt, you know, he, he played <laughs> played great. So that kick he did, first two-point field goal I've seen myself, yep. although I don't watch too, too much footy uh, anymore. But, you know, let's just hope he can keep his cool in this game because that's the only thing holding the troll back from being the best player in the world. That's right. Is his attitude on the field because, mate, off the field, he's a good bloke. On the field, you know, he's just got that switch where he can click 
he you know he loses it. So it's a, it's 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 a disappointment because he's such a great player. Yeah. You you mentioned Russell before. Um, do you have a Russell story for me that you can share? Oh, that I can share. <laughs> that I can share. I don't know. Is it, are the salary cap people listening in? No, I'm joking. <laughs> no. Listen, I, I, all in all, I, I was awestruck at just how much Russell loves the club, loves the players, and, and just loves the community as whole, South Sydney. He will do anything and everything to keep the club afloat, and I think he's shown just how much he's put into it. I mean, the time that I spent around him, um, <laughs> apart, apart from being you know, starstruck, was was really good. I, I soaked in everything he said and kind of things like that. And I did have a, a closer relationship to him than than some players probably did, but it was great because, you know, he took me in under his wing kind of. So it was really good times. But when I left, I never spoke to him again. <laughs> <laughs> we've, um, we, we've seen private ownership come into the game and to be honest, it hasn't worked out ideally. Mm. Um, he would be the the model of what you would want if private oh, ownership come in, wouldn't you? Definitely. I think South have done so many things because of Russell's influence. Like, I don't think we've seen many teams go and play an exhibition match against a Super League team in America. Yeah. I mean, that happened in my first year we were there. And, like, it was the, the most amazing thing. Like, a young bloke coming from Rockhampton who's never flown out of the country before, let alone, to, you know, anywhere else. So, going down there, flying business class over to America to play Leeds Rhinos was amazing, you know? So it opens it up, not only just for the club, but for the whole sport. Like he does a lot for South Sydney, but he does a lot to promote the NRL everywhere. So I think you look at, you know, Snoop Dogg, Michael Irving, they've all got Rabbitohs hats on. Pamela Anderson, Eva Mendes, they've yep. all got the hats on. They've come to the games and, and come into the dressing rooms afterwards. It's just a spin out to think, how much influence he has on promoting rugby league as a sport and South Sydney. Yeah, he'll go on Jimmy Fallon and give out hats oh, yeah. to everyone. Mate, and, yeah. uh, he's fantastic. The hats, mate, their hats are a must. If you're <laughs> if you're a superstar somewhere, he's going to give you a hat. Yeah, he's the reason for the random South fan at all the events. Oh, the random South fans are a mate. <laughs> mate, that's Russell's doing. Not only that, if you look around too, what, what, what was a great marketing campaign back in the day for South was they mailed out bunny stickers to everyone. Yep. So they literally mailed out a bunny sticker. Whether you're a Roosters fan or they didn't care, mate. If you're in the catchment area of the South Sydney area, they posted you a bunny sticker. And if you went anywhere within Matraville, Malabar, Maroubra, there was a rabbit sticker on every car. Everyone yeah. wanted one. It was the best marketing ploy I've ever seen. Fantastic. Simo, when you played at South Sydney, they were about halfway through a rebuilding phase en route to the early 2010s where they became a bit of a powerhouse after that and perennial title contenders pretty much ever since. Uh, throughout your time at South, did you get the feeling that they were on the right track? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. When I first went to South, we were still at Erskineville Oval. So I wouldn't call it dilapidated, but it was a rundown uh, training facilities on par with what we have here at the Capras, basically. Um, and then because Redfern was getting built, once we moved from Erco to Redfern, the mood changed. You could see it was more professional, all that kind of stuff. Um, we had Craig Wing, Roy Asatazi, John Sutton, all those players there. And you could see that the club was kicking into a new gear. And I think everything was improving off the field um, fast, but not so much on the field. But as you, as you can see, history tells that, you know, they did get to the grand final and win it. There's no, it's no mean feat, really. I mean, you can see it happening. Yep. For, for a team to turn it around, like, like South did and... 
if you look at a team like the Tigers, Tigers haven't played finals since Jesus played fullback yeah, for Jerusalem. Geez. Yeah, long time. Um, Bloody hell. The key has to be local juniors, doesn't it? With that South team that won the comp, you had a crop of local juniors come through. Yeah. Adam Reynolds, John Sutton was there, obviously. Luke Keery, South junior. Yep. A, a real crop of juniors have to come through the system, don't they? They do. And South was so good at that. I mean, have you seen South Juniors um, headquarters down there? I haven't, Oh, no. it's, it's bigger than South, like... It's one of the biggest junior clubs in Australia, put it yep. that way. It's massive. So the amount of money that they, they generate and the amount of players that they pump out, you know, it obviously helps the club. And you see those likes of um, James Secchiaro, Adam Reynolds, players like that come through and make a difference the way they have. It's, it's uh, definitely, definitely a big part of the club. When, when you look at the Tigers, you know, Paul Kent wrote an article this week and it was a bit of a harsh reality, I think, that, he said, no one at the Tigers now will be there when the Tigers win a premiership. He's probably not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> and, you know, the it's, it's it's a long process, isn't it, when a team's down that far to be able to rebuild. Yeah, and it, it, sometimes oh, the analogy I like to use when you're in those situations is like quicksand. So the harder you try, the further down you'll go. So, you know, hopefully for the Tigers it's not like that, but, I tell you what, they do have a, a pretty long way to go before they get back to the top. But there's there's a fine line between that, though. Like, it's only a game or two and they could go on a run. Yep. You know, they could win eight in a row and then, you know, surprise us all. When when, uh, when it's talked about South and their, their resurgence at that late part of the 2000s going into the 2010s, it's talked about Roy Asatasi and what a buy he yeah. was. Uh, can you talk to me about what he was like at the club? Roy, mate, he was like a professional. So always the first person in, last person out. And he brought that kind of mentality to South. And a lot of players obviously picked up on it straight away. And then it gave South the the power to go out and talk to players that probably wouldn't have joined if Roy didn't come in and say, you know, we got Roy Satazi coming. You know, John Sutton, our, our, our junior, he's coming through the ranks. And then they got Craig Wing. And then they did the same thing. So they used those as bargaining chips and got a lot of players in. So... Without Roy, I don't think you can say that South would have got Inglis. Yeah. So it all started with the Roy Satazi signing, and it was such a big leap of faith for him to leave the doggies and go to South and do what he did. So probably a lot of it's got to do with him. A lot of credit goes yeah. his way for sure. I'd love to ask you about your time in England. I know it was a brief stint in the Super League, but at what stage of the journey did you realise that it would be a genuine option for you to go over there? It was quick, man. I'll be honest with you. I never, I always wanted to go to England to play just to experience a culture in a different type of rugby league over there. I never thought I would go over though. And it all come about when Greg, when Inglis was signing with South, like my manager at the time said, now might be the time to leave. I was still under contract and I didn't even think of it. I was like, oh, do you think so? I was easily impressionable, obviously. <laughs> I was like, oh, do you think I should go? And he reckons, oh, mate, it might be in your best interest to take off, you know. Greg, you you play, play centre. But at that time, I was playing utility anyway, so it probably wouldn't have had much of an impact on me. Um, so, you know, I talked to the guys at South, and they were hesitant to let me go, but they said in the long run, we're not going to keep you here if you don't want to be here. And I said, oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind testing the waters overseas. Um, I got in contact with Trent Robinson, who was at Catalan Dragons, and he offered me a one-year contract. I said, oh, listen, mate, I don't want to come over for one year. I actually want to make a good go of it. And that's when Nathan Brown from Huddersfield said, oh, you know, we'll give you two, three-year deal. And I said, yeah, lock it in, let's go. So it was like that in a matter of two weeks. We've seen a lot of English players come over in the past 10 years and absolutely dominate. You know, James Graham, Sam Burgess, Gareth Widdop. Yeah. Um, 
Josh Hodgson, for example. Uh, it, when you were over there, was it a big topic of discussion amongst English players about asking you about the NRL, for example, yeah. or coming back? A lot of the boys asked about the NRL and what it was like compared to where they are now and the, the level of professionalism and so forth. But I, I actually think it, in, in certain ways it's easier for someone from England to come to the NRL and, and give it a good crack than it is the other way around. Like we see the freaks of nature, like the athletes who are great who go over to England and just kill it straight away. But um, what I found hard was the weather. Like I just could not get fit. Um, yeah. Went over, didn't like the food. I love the weather, just couldn't get fit, couldn't breathe, bad asthma, couldn't train on the ground. You know, right. it's soft ground compared to the hard ground. So I love my time there. It's just, mate, I just could not get fit to save myself. Yeah, right. Do you think we'll see more English players come over here uh, like in the future? Yeah. Or, or is it still a, uh, because the Super League is growing over there. Yeah. But do, do you think there is still that massive attraction to come to the NRL? I think there is because the Super League can only grow so much over there because it is, uh, let's face it, I think they might, the fourth most popular sport in England. Cool. And it will never, ever, ever outgrow the sports that are in front of it. So if you want to be at the pinnacle of the sport, play Super League, win it, why not come to Australia and play in the best competition in the world and see how you go? So I think the attraction for them is very big to come to Australia and do that. And there's some talented players there. Like the level of play between uh, the NRL and Super League isn't that far off. So, yeah. Finally, Simo, we could have done a whole episode on this last topic, but it's no secret that when you were younger, you battled cancer. And I heard you do an interview with Andy Raymond recently. Yeah. And Andy will be on the show in the next couple of will weeks. Will he? He will. Oh, he's a good lad. Uh, during that interview, you talked about a message you got from Wayne Bennett. Yeah. Can you tell me more about that and what Wayne did for you? So in the lead up to it, um, Scotty Minto, local legend, um, we were family friends with him and he was down at uh, down at Brisbane at the time and I'd um, he'd got found out I was crook and... He'd obviously gone to Wayne and said, oh, Wayne, can, can you write in a book for Jamie and say something, you know, nice to get his spirits up? So Wayne had written in his autobiography, tough times come and go, but tough times, uh, tough, to tough times come and go, but tough guys last forever. And that stuck with me for my whole life. And I take it with me to my grave. Like I live by that now. So not only did he say that, but he said at the bottom of it, um, along with Scott, he said, uh, all the best, Jamie. Hope you get well. We can't wait to see you in a few years when you're down at the club. So I just took that with me and it was, it was like a message that, that I replayed over and over and over in my head before I went to bed every night. So it was something that drove me to play in the NRL. So, mate, I owe, I owe a lot to Wayne, even though he probably doesn't even know it. Yeah, I owe a lot to him and the message that he gave me as such a kid. That's why when I was lucky enough to play in the NRL, if I was ever asked to do something for a, for a kid, for a fan, I'd do it. You know, if a fan asked me for me boots after the game, if even if I had none left, I'd go, here, mate, take them. You know, because that little thing that you do for them might be little for you, but for that kid, that's the best thing that's ever happened to them. Do you, do you feel that those relationships off-field is Wayne's biggest strengths that, yeah. he, that he's able to form? It's funny because what you see Wayne like in, in the media is not the person that he is. He's a great man manager and he's a great person as you can see the the relationship he formed over so many years at the broncos each club he goes to everyone wants to go and play for him it's not just because he's a good coach it's because he's a good man yeah so yeah it's remarkable isn't it that wayne's been coaching for 35 years and there's still this aura yeah about him and you know he's off to the dolphins now uh he'll start there next year obviously as head coach how do you think he'll go oh mate no doubt he'll bring success to the club whether i don't mean success as in a premiership or anything like that but he will help them get off the ground and running 
a lot quicker than any other coach would. And I think the buying power that he has being Wayne Bennett is going to help them tremendously. And I think, you know, you look now, he's always, he's, he's signing players up now, doing the groundwork, getting development up and running. Not that you have to do too much of that at Redcliffe because they're so strong. But um, yeah, mate, I, I think success follows him everywhere and it's not a coincidence. Selfishly, I'm, I'm glad that Redcliffe have partnered with the Cappers. That's a... It's great. How good is that? I know. You know, mate, like Rocky boys, just quietly. Yeah, <laughs> it's perfect. It's good because Cappers have always been um, a, a strong side, never necessarily a winning side, but it's always been that stepping stone to bigger and better things. So hopefully now that we have this strong relationship with the Dolphins, we keep a lot of our stronger players locally more. And then we send them down to Redcliffe when they're ready. Because what happens here in CQ, and I've seen it so many times over the year, whether it be as a player or as a coach, um, is that we send our great players off far too early, straight out of school. They go down to the big lights, they get caught up in it, and within a year or two, they're homesick and they come back and they've lost three years of their life. They don't like footy anymore. And then it takes them another two years. They go, you know what, I'll give it a crack again. And then play for the Capra. So hopefully we keep those boys local, experience what it's like playing against men, in the Queensland Cup, go down to Redcliffe, and we'll see more CQ boys in the NRL. I'm with you there. Well, Simo, that's all I've got for you. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Thanks so much. Nah, all good, mate. Sorry it took so long, you know. I think I cancelled about three times. <laughs> we work in the same building. <laughs> it was bound to happen. <laughs> thanks, mate. Nah, all good. A big thanks to Jamie for coming on the show today. He's an absolute champion, and I'd love to have him on again in the future. By the way, if you want to get in contact with me, you can on Twitter at TCanfell. And don't forget to give the 6 to go Facebook page a like as well. My name is Tom Canfell. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, this has been the 6 to go podcast, and that is full time. <laughs>